0: Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Fitback Pod. We are the podcast that talks about Scottish football through the unique lens of fantasy football. My name is John and Scooby. I shall say guten tag
1: to you sir. Ah, uh, well, you might have forgotten I speak English. Been <laughs> you know, away for so bloody long, John. Where have we been? Where have we been? Yeah, I think we owe everyone uh, an apology for this long delay. Um, it's been a couple of weeks, guys. Um, life has got in the way, I think we have to say. Um, particularly John, who's spent a lot of time, as we've alluded to, out in Germany. Um, missed a couple of weeks of the cinch. Leading, <laughs> in So this is not a Bundesliga podcast. Um, we've pivoted. <laughs>
0: only, only if the cinch starts sponsoring the Bundesliga. It
1: probably will. I'll give it like four days and they'll probably be sponsoring it
0: We haven't uh, missed... how are you john you good i'm good yeah yeah so yeah my my missus has moved over to germany hence my um you know great german uh, vocabulary that everyone's listening to that's
1: slight accent that's going to... <laughs> do
0: you know what they actually pronounce a lot of things in a sort of scottish accent prost vi <laughs> <laughs> okay. Going to the spatey for your laggers in the night. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all right. I'm all right. Yeah, I've been well, we've just not been about, have we? So we're back. We're back to be cinched up to our tits, Scooby. You keeping well?
1: I am, I am. Excited for it. Excited for it. We've got we've got a really fun episode ahead, I think. Um Hi. lots has changed, I think, since we last spoke. Shattered glass was the episode title. Oh, was we spoke. We were talking about the the potential downfall of uh, Stephen Glass if, if, if Dundee were to beat them at Aberdeen. And they did. They did. But we could not have seen what was coming next. So, so much to talk about. Um, really fun period of time. We've got a week left until the international break. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, lots, lots to discuss.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, we could we could dwell on the Scotland squad and talk about Xander Clark's uh, well-deserved call-up and you know why Tony Watt Water, Eamon Brophy aren't called up as the reserve strikers, but you know. And Sir Steve, we trust. So, Scooby, you've come up with the idea for this episode, so I think it's only right that you tell the listeners how we are going to play this week's Fantasy Fitba Pod episode.
1: Jesus, take the wheel. I get to I get to <laughs> steady the ship and. Chart the course. This episode, do I right? So I, I just thought, so so much has happened. Why don't we take this? We always like to do a little um, random mid-season um, review of what where we are. Um, Correct. In in in, in, in this is this year the cinch. So I think this feels like a, a better opportunity than you know we've had so far, and a great opportunity to review the league top to bottom, and uh, bottom to top as it would be. So we're gonna we're gonna go through each of the teams. We're not going to dwell too long on any team uh, because there's just far too much to talk about with each Mm -hmm. one. So we're going to go bottom to top and we're going to have a bit of a look. What's happened? Where are they going? How does November look? An interesting month before we obviously get to that footballing feast, which is December.
0: Aye, exactly. Yeah, 12 games in, you know, we're just a touch over having everyone having played each other once. So it just feels that like that perfect time. And because we aren't one of the mainstream podcasts that want to talk about the old firm all the time first, of course, on the Fantasy Fitback Pod, here, we are going to go bottom to top. So listeners, you're going to have to strap in until you want to hear about Fashion Sakala's hat trick at Fur Park.
1: <laughs> we are. We are, John. I was, I was writing out this little script here, you know, when we were coming into it, and I thought, you know, we've been away for a few weeks and as ever, the Cinch. Well, they've only gone and <laughs> bloody cinched it. <laughs> Whose advert is that, that you sent me? <laughs> the cinch. But, No, I know, but who's what um, celebrities yeah, are in That it. is Rylan Clark's starring <laughs> appearance. Rylan Clark, who I would love to have on this podcast. The <laughs> face of The Cinch, um, or Cinch as it is. Uh, a fantastic Spoon that's coming out at the moment. They've only bloody gone and cinched it. So they have, though. The league has gone and bloody cinched it. Um, So what is the lay of this glorious land? Who are we going to start with? We're going to start at the bottom. We're going to start at Ross County. They've finally bloody done it. Two successive, three, two defeats for Ross County, um, coming into what was last week there, their last week of footballing action. We all knew that Ross County had been playing some good football. I think it was fair to say and fair to see that. And they positively, cinched Dundee, didn't they? 5-0 away from home. Harry Clark, Ross Callahan, having been, um, you know, slow starts the season for most Ross County players, starting to show some form, scoring 26 and 23 points respectively over the last couple of weeks. Harry Clark's just 2.5 million, 26 points. Quite staggering, to be honest. And as, as we said, we we felt this was coming from Ross County, didn't we? We thought they were playing some better mm-hmm. football. They were on the they were on the rough end of a few results, but they were scoring goals, and you mm-hmm. thought there was maybe something in the works.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think I don't know. Malcolm Mackay can um, chat a lot of shite, as we all know. And at the start of the season, he was saying that that they weren't too far away. And then I actually sort of lost a little bit of belief in in the way that they were playing, just due to those tight defeats, Scobie. But as you say, they went. They really turned around. I mean, Dundee. Arguably, have been the worst team in the division this year because, as you say, whilst County are bottom, Dundee probably have turned in worst performances. And it's really um, exciting from a fantasy football Scotland point of view to have um, assets that we're talking about in a team that are sitting bottom of the league. I mean, we can't um, can't think about it too much without talking about Regan Charles Cook, uh, fifty-one points, um, sitting right up there. You know, in the, in the in the sort of top goal-scoring charts of. Um, of the of the cinch this year you know joint eighth on four goals from 11 you know there's only teams up there you know rangers celtic aberdeen hearts motherwell Hibs that have got players in that top scoring and this guy's doing it from midfield for ross county so he's a guy at 3.5 million just feels like a like a, a, absolutely. a
1: absolutely we were i was calling him out um a few weeks ago 19 points for him over the last couple of weeks Say he's not quite up there with Harry Clark and Ross Callaghan with their kind of ridiculous point scoring totals, yeah. but all three of them I think are worth consideration yeah. as we go forward. What has halted that run of form, and I'm sure they would be gutted, was the fact they were meant to play Hibs, uh, which was called yeah. off under the has <laughs> you know being clearly covered uh, and covered and covered and covered again the Hibs COVID catastrophe we'll talk about that more and the teams it's affected right the way through the league as we as we talk about them but Ross County would have loved to play that game I'm sure right when it was meant to be Ross mm-hmm. County at home shortly after a 5-0 drubbing mm-hmm. of Dundee away playing a Hibs team that are in very very poor neck I think yeah. it's an absolute disaster so a little bit like what Hearts faced when they were kind of coming into the international break and they would have loved to have played Rangers. It's sort of riding that crest of form, isn't it? You'd have loved to have just played them right there and then. And it's been taken from them.
0: No, I agree. I mean, this COVID outbreak has arguably come at the best time for Hibs, who we will come on to later. I suppose when you just look at that Ross County team again, you know, Ross Callaghan last year was, you know, a real stalwart in so many teams um, at at Hamilton. Was surprised, actually, he only got a move to County, and honestly thought he could have gone a bit higher in the league. And I think it's for that reason, you know, that Fantasy Football Scotland priced him at $4.3 probably right at the start of the season. Um, It just feels a touch expensive for me.
1: It does. it does, especially when you've got Regan Charles Cook there and a couple of other options in the midfield, Blair Spittle, for example, that you might be thinking about too. But I think Ross County are worth looking at. I will say, in saying that, who have they got left in November? Three games in November, Hibs, uh, which we just found out we think is going to be game four, game 14 or 15, um, Rangers and Dundee United. That's about as tough as it comes um, right now, um, particularly the fact they've had that break. So that's their three games that they're looking at in November. If they're going to have a double game week, it's maybe worth considering. So I don't think it's a bad thing stashing a Ross County player or two on your bench. Mm-hmm. Um, their, their December looks a little bit more forgiving. We'll get into talking about December later this month. But um, if we're looking at November at the moment, which we're going to kind of do with all the teams, um, a little bit of a tough run for them. But Ross County, definitely, finally, something to talk about. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. Sorry, you raised a good point on the double game week. You know, the fact that they missed that game, we're going to have uh, two games from coming up at some point. Um, so that yeah. it just makes makes more sense to be, if you're thinking about, you know, that that player where you want to free up a bit of cash in your team than a, a county asset feels like the, the Exactly.
1: One. You know, we thank kids for lots of things in this league, particularly as Hearts fans, but they've, they've, they've thrown in some excitement into the league with a few double game weeks coming out of nowhere, mm. uh, and, and who else is going to benefit from that? And that's another nice segue for me. It's going to be Livingston. It's going to be, oh, Livingston, <laughs> not quite onto Livingston yet. I'm going to talk about Dundee first, but yeah, it's not. I was going to gonna say,
0: what league table are you looking at, Scoby?
1: Not to be left behind.
0: <laughs> quite a good segue there, but no. I mean, we, we all want to talk about Davey Martin, there. Oh, we we'll, we'll get it.
1: We finally have reason to talk about it. So we'll <laughs> talk about Dundee first. John, you've said that they've been uh, poor this year. Not to be left behind, they have quietly been on a kind of nice run themselves. If we look at them, the win over Aberdeen, which is the one that we obviously uh, (laughs) sort of like titled, foresaw, and titled our last episode of the podcast um, around, was followed by a draw at hearts, um, which was uh, down to a sort of late bit of Jason Cummings heroics, um, which anyone could have seen coming a mile off. Um, and then the drubbing at the hands of Ross County. So a very weird mm. season for Dundee. They sort of they'll, they'll, they'll show up. they team I don't think anyone enjoys playing. It's weird. It sells itself as three points to anyone that comes across them in the league. But equally, they've had some really, really poor performances. Yeah. Been poorer in general, I'd say, than um, than Ross County have. Who've been a bit more consistent. Um, even though they've been on the on the on the sort of rough end of a few results. Um, so we think. That,
0: I think they've been a disappointment. I think is how you how you'd say. It. I mean, Dundee, look, you you saw them smash Kelly in the playoffs coming up, and for me, Charlie Adams sort of epitomises the disappointment that they've been this season. I mean, this guy was was picked out by a certain podcaster and um, <coughs> me uh, at the start <laughs> of the season as being such a great um, asset to go for. You know, was 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 in at the four sort of million mark, and he's got a return of fifteen points, and he's played like every game. Um, is actually still owned by 7% of owners. So shame on all you owners that still own him because he's been absolutely shite. And I think it's
1: yeah, just... It's one of these things with Dundee where buyers say, beat Aberdeen, drew with hearts, got hammered by Ross County, and then they beat St Mirren who were very mm. much in form away. So you look at that run and it's an impressive haul there. It's seven mm. points out of 12. You know, they they're fighting for their position. I think that's going to be the story we see with Dundee throughout the league this year. What I will say with that is that there's actually no one from a player point of view that's really standing out um, and and making well, a, a sort of like a case for selection. There's no one consistently scoring points. Unless you want to differ with me. Um, I, I, I mean,
0: sort of just looking at the assist statistics for the season in the cinch, um, and second place with five assists this season, who's slightly gone under the radar, is Paul McMullen of Dundee midfielder, so he's, he's scooped up 38 points, um, which, is you know, when you look at it in the sort of points total, it's what it's called, maybe doesn't look quite impressive, but five assists, um, so second over on the league, only second to James Tav. That is not to be sniffed at.
1: No, not at all. Not at all. It's a good stat to pull out, so we're thinking maybe McMullen, a £3.8 million midfielder, could be worth looking at. We're looking yeah, at the run that and then...
0: And then maybe if I was really stretching, you know, I was trying to do this, as the keeper, legstons Yeah. He's made 49 saves, which I think is like the third most in the league. And obviously you're getting save points now yeah. in Fantasy Football Scotland. Um, and if they sort of pull out the odds clean sheet here or there, then maybe Absolutely.
1: that's it. And look, a word on keepers, I think it's only reinforcing the argument for two keepers because it feels like every team in this league has a clean sheet in them. mm. Um, and I think that's all the value to having two keepers that you kind of trust the run of and you can sort of swap around and play to it because there's clean sheets to be found. And I think that's the value you're going to get now with, with goalies in this league, particularly because a lot of them are sitting in that 2.5 to sort of 2.9 million mark. Um, so yeah, lots of good options there. Lots of good options there. Uh, who have Dundee got coming up? Not that many games this month. At the moment, just Celtic and Motherwell in November. Um, so again, what we're facing, and we'll talk about this throughout the episode, will become apparent. There's a, there's a number of game weeks whereby teams are not playing um, based on cup matches, um, European fixtures, and things like that. But, but mostly, cup matches that are that are that are taking those fixtures out. So we're going to have a number of sort of quiet weeks um, coming up. This weekend's a fairly full fixture card, but the weekend after that, and then the two weeks following. So we've just got to look at that and say only two fixtures for Dundee this um, month before we have the footballing feast in December. Who's next in the league though, John? Talking of runs, we were talking about Ross County. Livingston have picked up eight points in their last four games. Two wins, two draws. Wins over Saints and Ross County and draws with Celtic and Dundee United. Not to be sniffed at. Martindale farcically got sent off in the last game, and uh, got given a touchline ban, I'm sure you'll be furious about that uh, and now their game week against Hibbs coming up this weekend has been postponed mm-hmm. it's all good on its Spaghetti hat, isn't it? It
0: is, oh, it's great to see uh, Martindale, just when you start writing them off he just comes back and Um, In brilliant fashion. And it's been, yeah, it's been great to see the Lions roar again slightly over the last sort of six weeks. Who do we look at from a fantasy football Scotland point of view? Scobie, I hear you say. Um, Bruce Anderson, starting every game up front, he's that nice sort of 4.4 million pound striker that can just sit in a team quite nicely and pick up points. Interestingly for me, the stat I picked up, another assist one. He's got three assists this season, which is actually the most of any striker in the cinch.
1: Mm. Interesting, Anderson does feel like the one. I mean, what he's saying sixth overall, mm. in terms of strikers at four point four million, which is an incredibly inviting price. I mean, yeah. thought he'd be quite good. Um, it was the game against uh, Saint Johnson. he had a goal and two assists, and he fifteen points. Correct, yeah. yeah. Um, I suppose that's um, where his
0: assist sort of maybe um, bias is coming from.
1: Yeah, um, and then again but- the next week a goal against um, a goal against Livingston there. Got mm-hmm. some bonus points as well for that, eight points there. So between those two games, uh, quite 23 points in two game weeks. So, yeah, Bruce Anderson, we thought he'd be good after seeing what he did when he uh, signed for Hamilton last year. And he, and he yeah. has kind of delivered again. I personally am struggling to see a huge amount of value there. I think, again, talking about goalies, Strachek, two and a half. Oh. Um, you know, he he seems to be picking up a lot of points. Yeah. And, two uh, two, two penalty
0: years. saves in the last three game weeks, Scobie.
1: Yeah. He, That's he, mad for him. Sort of taking on the Benji Segrist, um role, yeah. of, uh, and, penalty, um saving maestro. Um, yeah, and to
0: thought. go to build on your point about saying about getting two goalkeepers in your squad, uh, you know, a lot basically every other keeper you want, I think, is almost at the 2.7, 2.8 million mark. So just to get that second keeper in at two point five million, so you're just not putting too much investment into those two goalkeepers. I mean, I think Strijak should be if you want two keepers, I think Strijek should definitely be one of them personally.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I mean, fourteen points last week against Celtic. Fantastic. Um, so worth considering. But you know, we've talked now the bottom three team that teams that we didn't really have an awful lot to say about for a number of weeks this year. Mm-hmm. Now we have a, an awful lot to talk about. And a lot. Awful <laughs> lot Livingston just to say there, they've got Hibs, Saint Mirren, and Rangers. So I mean, all three of those teams. Tough runs in, mm-hmm. in this in this sort of coming month, and um, that's definitely. Interesting things to consider. So, as we speed things up a bit, I've sort of grouped the next three and I've called them the muddled, middling, middle order <laughs> St. Johnston, St. Mirren, Motherwell. We'll start in a sort of reverse order. Motherwell um, started their season as we talked about a lot in this podcast, phenomenally, didn't they? Unbelievable, fast victories coming out of their ears. They have now lost four of their last five. Yeah. They look a little bit lost at sea, I must say. And I think after that 6-1 defeat at Rangers, a sort of Mm -hmm. uh, cherry on the proverbial cake. Yeah. It was just all about the mess for Graham Alexander. Um, How has it gone so wrong so quickly?
0: Well, do you know what, Scobie? I'll give you credit. I don't give you credit very often, but I'm pretty sure after I saw them beat Dispatch Aberdeen, you said that they've got a tough run coming up. And lo and behold, they've not won in four games. But from a fantasy football scotland point of view tony watt has still returned and is still i think arguably the sort of season keeper striker i'm going to call him for this uh, for the for the rest of the duration just he's on penalties he's scoring a decent amount of goals and whilst we picked out the mercurial talent of the budget bird, bank, bird camp in kevin van veen he's a sexy pick but he is slightly injury prone and he's also picked up five yellow cards and you know that minus one every week just really hits into your into your points total, so it, it's um, it's not for him. And then to say why have they struggled, I mean, someone to sum up their struggles. I mean, we love him, right, for his performance <laughs> at, at Wembley. But Stephen O'Donnell for the season, <laughs> listeners,
1: if you haven't looked at this, then I don't quite know what you've been. Um, quite- <laughs> I thought it was a fault in the game, John. I thought
0: it was a fault in the game. He's he's played ninety minutes in every single game. So that's 12 games, 90 minutes. So what's that? You're supposed to get two points for 90 minutes, right? His total for the season is negative three. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, uh, I, th- I think, I think, you know, great. Yeah, I think he's played nine games. I think he was out from... Game oh, sorry, yeah, I'm missing three, four, and five. five right? and then you yeah. played one and two and then six onwards. I mean, it mm. still doesn't matter. He played. He's played nine games and he's on minus three. <laughs> He, was, he got minus three for his first game of the season with a three goal conceded, yellow cards. He's had yellow it's card for three other the, games, and then it's season. the yellow, is the red card with three goals conceded against Rangers with another minus three mm-hmm. that takes him back. He is the lowest scoring player in the game. <laughs> it's unbelievable,
0: and um, he's still called up to the Scotland squad.
1: And look, like to, I know, <laughs> of course he is. Um, Motherwell, interestingly, I've got the most, you know, joint um, with, with another team in the league. I've got the most games in November. Um, they're oh. not in the Cups, obviously, so they start, start them up. But the games are not easy ones. They've got Aberdeen, Hearts, Dundee, and then Dundee United. Mm. Where's the win coming from there? Like, you know, it's it, we've just talked about Dundee who are kind of a bit of a rollercoaster of form. They could easily handle them. Aberdeen Hearts and Dundee United all pretty, looking pretty solid at the moment. Aberdeen, I think could you, you've got to be licking your lips at the fact you've got Motherwell coming up because you're sort of hitting some form now and you're playing a team that's desperately out of form um, and a lot to, um, you know, a yeah. lot to play for, for, for league position, but also the fact that they obviously beat you um, earlier in the season. Yeah,
0: I don't know, a lot changes in the cinch very quickly, I think that's what we realise I think Motherwell will pick up a win or two there I'd say that they haven't become a bad side overnight and you know Rangers were kind of due to talk someone
1: I feel this season Um, They were, were. for Walter who we've uh, of course Raise the glass too, um, but yes, look, it's it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad for Motherwell, and I, it's just it's it's how dramatically bad it's gone.
0: I'd, I'd still stick but with what. That's all I'd say. I'd stick with what he's been in my team for for a number of weeks now, and he's returned uh, more
1: often than not. Yeah, and look, if they're going to be coming from behind a lot of games, chasing them, then yeah, mm. we, we can't fault Tommy Watt's effort and the way that he's played the season. So um, fair play to him. As I say we've they've lost four of their last five. They've drawn one. That draw came courtesy of St Mirren who would actually begun to put together a run of form, but have now picked up just one point in their last from their last possible nine mm. uh, in the last three games. Really disappointing. Um, more than anything, was that loss at uh, home to Dundee in their last game, and that really have frustrated Jim Goodwin, I'm sure. Right. Um, but they've got St. Johnston, Liver- Livingston, and Hearts to come this month. So. We've seen a few good players coming out um, from a St Mirren perspective. Ronan is obviously the one that has been the sort Mm. of fancy of many sort of uh, fantasy football Scotland managers. Brophy is finally starting to show what they paid the money for last season when they brought him in, which everybody thought was a good signing and he didn't really do anything um, until the end of the season. So we've got Brophy, we've got Ronan. We've got a few interesting options there at um, St Mirren, don't we?
0: Yeah, yeah, I really like the Conor Rooney um, loan signing here. He scored a really good goal against Aberdeen. It was really well taken, and the way you watch him, you know, he's on the through the comes come through the uh, youth system at Wolves, and he's just done a rake of loans since then, sort of five or six loans. But he just looks like a player that's yeah been really well coached. He's like come on loan, you know. Quite often you'll see these English um, or Irish players come up from the from from down south, and they'll be quite young. I feel like he's hitting the cinch at sort of the right time. And is, um, you know, at that time to really to really have a go at this league and especially sort of taking the pressure off McGrath, who's been a little underwhelming this season. But I also just think he's been targeted as the sort of main creator and force at St. Mirren. So for them, he's really taking the pressure off. And I think that's good. And then I, as you say, Brophy, you know, he's got three goals in his last two games, picked up three bonus points a couple of games ago. Um. So yeah, he really looks like a player. I mean, he is expensive. He's five and a half million. So it's that it's that sort of Ramirez uh, level. Uh, you know, even more expensive than Liam Boyce. I'm pretty sure. So you have to be certain on that pick. But um. So for me, probably Connor Ronan's still the still the boy to go
1: for there. Absolutely. One other show would be maybe Marcus Fraser, um, defender. Mm-hmm. Last few weeks have been great for him, but in that run when the you know some members started to show some form and put some stuff together between game weeks, say four and nine, he um took a lot of points, particularly game weeks eight, nine, eleven, and ten points, respectively. Um, lots of bonus points, some clean sheets in there as well. So he's only three point seven million, uh, no, sorry, two point seven million, uh, Marcus Fraser. So worth considering for a cheap option in the back. Um yeah, St. Myrne is one of the trio that we were talking about. Who's less St. Johnston? A rollercoaster season as well, which continued a win, a loss, a draw in their last three games, which sort of summarises where they are at the moment this season as, and, as a club. <laughs> so, and, <laughs> albeit the loss came at the hands of Celtic, we'll accept that. Um, and they played well enough. To probably beat hearts um, when we went to McDermott in, in a game that was so where McDermott Park in a McDermott's in <laughs> McDermott Teddy McDermott uh, and a game that probably should have been rained off because it was an absolute <laughs> bloody um, flood zone. Um, yeah. yeah, so look, they, they've been playing some good football, but it's just been a weird season for St. John'son. I'm not, I'm not quite sure. It's probably been the most <laughs> difficult team of all to Aye. evaluate at this point in the season. Are there brighter things to come from them? They've got St. are Celtic and Hibs this month. Um, what do we think?
0: They're just such a difficult team to call fantasy wise. I mean, it's I think it's uh, the safe option is to put a defender or a keeper in. I mean, Xander Clark's performance. At dice last weekend was sensational. You know, pulled off six or seven like really good saves. You know, normally you normally watch highlights. And you're like, alright, the keeper should have made that. The keeper should have made that." There's The number of saves he made, that you're like, maybe the keeper shouldn't have made that. Um, so he was he was brilliant and came in with an 11 point haul. Uh, finally repaying my faith. Someone who's been absolutely shiting my team since I brought him in. I brought Chris Kane in after his brace against Dundee. Uh, since then he's gone two points, one point two points two <laughs> points so he's on the chopping block for me but just knowing that he'll go and he'll go and score another uh, I so, I don't know brutally
1: the- brutally Bruce inconsistent Chris Kane isn't he yeah. he sort of did this last year too he popped up with a you know in a goal and assist um, another assist the week after yeah. him in and then nothing for three weeks so
0: nah let's leave St. Johnston alone Sorry, I can't think be, so. I mean, I, I really,
1: I can't, I can't see anyone there at the moment. We, we, we loved uh, Guy Melamed last year. I remember when he came in and we thought, is this the goal scorer that St. Johnson will be searching for? Obviously, he's not there anymore this season. But there's just no consistency um, for them, unfortunately. But um, you know, I'm not, I'm not concerned from a footballing point of view by St. Johnson. And I don't think they're going to be going anywhere in this league. Are they going to make top six? I think they'll be, I think they'll be struggling to at this point, uh, to be honest. But you know, never put it past them. Davidson knows how to get that team going, definitely. Um but yeah, talking of that does bring us to um the halfway point. Halfway. Halfway point. Part one. See, See you, you later. Part. Um in uh, in our in our review of the cinch.
0: Hello and welcome back to part two of this week's Fantasy Fitback Pod. This week's part two, we're going to look at the top six teams. You know, Scoby, I was gutted when you came up with this uh, format for tonight's podcast because what it said to me was that you didn't want to review the games from last weekend when uh, Aberdeen <laughs> obviously spanked the GITS at Patodry and sent their eh, 5,000 away, away support back packing to Edinburgh. Um, with no longer their unbeaten run intact. But luckily, we're both in the top six, so we can squeeze them in together in this part. What do you think?
1: Yeah, well, originally I'd written it um, that I would even, you know, because they'd be sitting seventh or eighth for a very <laughs> long time, so I'd sort of written them into part one. So it's been a complete reshuffle, John. Uh, oh, yeah, there we go. I'm sorry. Um, but no, Sorry for uh, the inconvenience. Uh, well, it's fine. fine like, you know, it's, it's normalities resumed. But... As we approach this top six, what we've done is we've kind of coupled because the the teams are weirdly coupled at this point. So we are going to start with sixth and fifth. Hibs and Aberdeen find themselves level on points, occupying, um, as I've said, fifth and sixth respectively. Um, So it's a bit of a tale of two cities, is it not? We'll start with Aberdeen, John. They have finally awoken from that slumber they were in uh, for a number of concerning weeks with Mm. victories over both Hearts and Hibs uh, and a draw with Rangers in their last three games. A fantastic run, um, which I don't think very many people saw coming. It felt a bit like it was now or never for Glass, didn't it?
0: It did. Absolutely robbed Ibrox, I'm just going to say that. A Mason wearing black. I mean, come on. That penalty was an absolute disgrace. What a joke! But, uh, but no, look, Aberdeen coming away with seven points from the, from this week's fixtures. Um, after an absolutely um disgraceful start to the season, quite frankly, under Stephen Glass, and was um really testing the patience of the Aberdeen uh, support. What's changed, Scobie, You ask. We moved to a three at the back. Yep. Scott Brown went to centre half. Um, which you know at the time you're like, what's going on there? But actually thinking about it. You know he's got um he's got Ross McCrory next to him there. who's an inexperienced centre half. He's got David Bates. He's not played a lot of Scottish Premiership football, and maybe just him being in there, sort of talking them through the game and being able to read the plays that the attack are bringing onto them has maybe helped Aberdeen just become a little bit more stable. Um and then you got you that's allowed I think Lewis Ferguson to really push forward. Dylan McGee has come in the midfield as well. Made that quite better. And then quite controversially, the two young fullbacks who we've spoken so highly of, being uh, Ramsey and uh, McKenzie, have both been out during this period.
1: Neither maybe, in defense
0: This is the thing. They've been both <laughs> been brilliant going forward. And the, whilst it's, you know, Funzo Ojo, right wing back, and Dean Campbell, left wing back, maybe they do just offer that little bit more protection at the back for Aberdeen. Yep. Uh, so it seems to have helped them slightly there.
1: And are we firmly back on the Ramirez bandwagon? It's been four goals in his last six games, mm. and a thirty-eight point hole in that time. <laughs> uh, uh, I took Ramirez out for Nicky Clark. That was a moment of madness, and Ramirez <laughs> is now back um, because viewers will talk about it uh, later in the episode. But I, yeah. I, I have played my wild card.
0: If you've been following
1: yeah. on Twitter, you'll see in a number of different drafts. But Ramirez has been a uh, constant fixture fixture in that uh, wild card draft. Yeah. So are we back on that train?
0: I think we are. I mean, my hand personally was forced when Liam Boyce, the injury to him was announced. So I, I, I reacted quickly and for some reason had a feeling that Ramirez, Ramirez might score at Ibrox.
1: And also when <laughs> I told you I was taking him out my team and you said two goals in coming, uh, yeah, yeah. he scored, I believe, a goal and also a assist. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, I mean, as Gregor uh, Smith said rightly on this podcast we had him on a few weeks ago, he was like, if you want a guy that's going to score between 10 and 15 goals this season, and I think he is on track to do that, yeah. he will start every game for Aberdeen up front, and um, despite, it was basically, he would have had a goal against Hearts, I don't know if you've seen Craig Gordon's save, just after Aberdeen's equaliser, I mean, it's an unbelievable save from Gordon, right? six yard yeah. axe uh, six yard out uh, reflex yeah. I mean the kind of save that you come to expect from Gordon now uh, so yeah Ramirez feels like a really good one I'd, yeah, Calvin Ramsey you probably still want to keep in I think
1: well they say what are we thinking one or two weeks before he's maybe back
0: yeah I think you, you know you've got to hope he'll be back after the international break um, yeah. so I'm holding personally holding on into him yeah,
1: this, is the, this is a test now isn't it for Aberdeen from a fixture point of view they lost all the games we thought they'd win They've now mm-hmm. kind of won and performed in the games we thought they'd lose. Yeah. They've now got Motherwell, Dundee United, Celtic, mm-hmm. teams that are right there and thereabouts where they are in the league. Mm-hmm. You know, we'd expect them at this stage, the way they're playing, to beat Motherwell, to have a really good game against Dundee United and who knows against Celtic. So yeah. I think November's a super interesting month for Aberdeen mm-hmm. before we get into December. And I think we're kind of learning who they are as a team now.
0: Yeah. And a nice uh, differential, if you don't want to be jumping on the sort of all the sort of Ramirez hype train and the fullback hype train is Marley Watkins is priced at 4.2 mm-hmm. billion, staggeringly low um, ownership at 0.3%. Uh, scored a goal against Hearts, really good. Um, I don't think he's prolific, but he has added a real bit of quality going forward to Aberdeen. And if you remember, Aberdeen did play well under McInnes at the start of last season. And it was because Watkins was on loan at that point. Yep. So when Watkins plays well, Aberdeen tends to play well. So maybe just a little, you know, 4.2 million curveball in there, if you fancy it. One listeners. to watch.
1: One to watch, definitely. So who's sitting with them in the, that that sort of level pegging in the league at the moment is Hibs. And Hibs, meanwhile, have really self-combusted. <laughs> <They, laughs> Scobie, they have hibs it. In true Hibs, <laughs> style. yeah, they've, they've hibs it. Uh Four losses on the bouts when things were looking so good for so long. Losses at the hands of Rangers and Celtic, perhaps forgivable, um, but 3-0 to Dundee United at home, uh, one that I called out as a potential... You did. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. And then allowing Aberdeen to basically turn things around for their season. And now, a COVID crisis. (laughs) Two games postponed as a result of a massive COVID outbreak, which makes you question the COVID protocols at the club. I mean, where the hell do you even begin with Hibs mm. and Hibs' assets at this stage in the season, John?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I, take, I had Paul McGinnon in my defence, took him out pretty quickly as soon as it became clear that um, the Hibs game wasn't going ahead last game week. You know the one I'm holding on to is Martin Boyle just because he has been, you know, so um good for so many teams this season. And you know, maybe the COVID outbreaks will be arguably if they if they don't play this weekend, which I don't think they are, so then they get the whole international break. Has it come just at the right time when the wheels were really falling off and Jack Ross can get the guys in and give them a right old fucking sort out in the in the dressing room and on the on the training pitch?
1: Potentially, you make a good point there. I mean Currently, they have no games scheduled in <laughs> November. For the rest of the season. That's them done. <laughs> the rest of the season, yeah. <laughs> they do need to, they need to play Ross County and, and we believe they'll, I mean, I can't see them delaying the Livingston game given the amount of fixtures in December so I think they will probably play Ross County and Livingston, which mm. from a fancy point of view is going to make for really interesting mm. stuff because we might have some double game weeks, um, as I say, coming up for Hibs um, because of that but I mean, I feel fortunate in the fact that I've played my wild card this week and I don't have Hibs players there. I was actually at one point going to have, you know, Doig, Boyle, and I was even maybe going to give Nisbet the run out. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, with a double game week, let's see. We, we, we thought that Nisbet was maybe going to be on something, the fact that he's got the Scotland call up and is potentially going to start in that Moldova game. Although that becomes hard to see given his form of late, is it not?
0: Yeah, he's been been really, really poor for him. You'd probably argue since the whole transfer speculation in January last year. um, He he, he lit the league alight, like when he came up from the championship at the start of last season. It's kind of been living off that form, I'd say, for quite a while. Maybe that's being harsh. Uh,
1: Yeah, I I thought thought the Motherwell game start season, first game season was very good yeah um, there's a couple of bright spots but this was really in the first sort of, three weeks um, uh-huh. and since then he's been really quite clear yeah um, so yeah i think a lot's got to him uh, as a young man um, in this league so hebs at the moment i um it's a sort of you know as you say maybe hold on to boil but then if you're in that price bracket as i've done do you move to jota you Allow him to bring the points in for you for now, and then give yourself the opportunity to maybe move back to Boyle if you want to. Apart from that, I'd be staying away from hips because I think it's just a complete, you know. Aye. It's, so it's it's strange, isn't it? They were look, they look so good. At the start for the, yeah. for now. Since Ryan porches you know, went in at ibrox, it's all sort of gone tits up for them. Yes. It has. Um, depressing time. Do you know what? I know that heads will turn out around. I think Hits will have a really strong run in the new year, but I think yeah. they maybe just need to get through these tricky couple of months and then, you know, they go again. Because um, mm-hmm. Clearly, they make us a good team there. Anyway, in third and fourth, Hearts and Dundee United also find themselves level on points. So we'll start with Hearts. They finally did... Lose that unbeaten run, which felt like, felt like it was coming for uh, some time. I've actually forgotten to note down who it was that broke the run, so we'll just move on. From <laughs> what followed was three one-one draws on the bounce, um, which, which, as I say, was maybe a sign uh, of things to come. I will not. I'll allow you a moment, yes, John. And uh, my heart obviously went one 0 up, courtesy of John Suter, who's. Been fantastic throughout. The Is that, that him on
0: pens time. then? So if Boyce isn't in the team, yeah, he's on not, pens.
1: Yeah, yeah, so Suter's taken pens for us before, yeah, when Boyce isn't around. So he uh, takes the pen, puts us 1 0 up going into the second half. And mm-hmm. I thought we would carry that through at the very least. I thought we were looking at it. Because
0: Stephen Glass changed the shape, Scobie. He changed the shape, put Scott Brown in midfield, went four at the back. He actually said he was holding on to that shape change to do it at half time because the team would notice it less. Personally, I think that's shite, and we went one uh, nil down, and he
1: changed the shape. Yeah, he's shy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I was just going to pick up a bit on um, on Boyce being out, and I think this has uh, clearly had a a bad effect on Hearts because he was such a pivotal part of the way Hearts played. You know, so much more than just a sort of penalty bagsman, like uh, really good, obviously scoring the goals, but obviously bringing other players into play. And with Hearts playing that. Front three, as you do. You've obviously got a lot of options out wide. And I was reading uh, Robbie Nielsen's comments this week with keen interest, saying he's looking for reinforcements in January uh, for, for that striker position.
1: Yeah, and I think it's right. I mean, I was the two things I was going to pull out, and they're very simple for Hearts: a, where have the goals gone? B, mm. where have the clean sheets gone? You know, <laughs> it's basically that is it. We were so good because we were so tight at the back you know, through the start of the season, through that run of form that we saw. And we were, uh, you know, not prolific goal scorers, but we were scoring enough that we were beating teams. And we were actually beating teams convincingly. There was 2-0, 3-0 wins in there. Motherwell, I think that victory, which I was at, was, you know, a, a sort of crowning jewel in that sort of run where it was just sort of epitomized everything that we were doing well. Mm-hmm. But there's just... You- we just seem to have lost our sort of um, way in terms of our direction. We seem very comfortable kind of being a passing team now, but I think we can become passengers in the game quite easily. Yeah. And I think that's what's happened. When teams have kind of gone at us and attacked us, mm-hmm. we're not scoring enough to um, put our distance between ourselves and the team we're playing. And I think that we're just allowing ourselves to be beaten, to be drawn mm-hmm. with. Um, and I think the fear factor has gone now. I think yeah. we need a good victory at Castle to kind of set our stall out again. See, we are, we've mm-hmm. not become a bad team overnight, but there's just something that's not going to work. Yeah. See, when Boyce has been out, that's been an issue. And uh, The big man, Armand, going up front, he's, he's not a goal scorer. The mm-hmm. people playing off him and around him hasn't really worked as well. Mm-hmm. I think we looked best when we had Woodburn, we had Barry McKay, and we had Boyce. And that's what we yeah. need to get back to. But, um, you know, he, yeah. he needs to just continue to um, develop us as a team. You can't just yeah. rest on where we've, where we've, where we've um, been successful so far.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I think, I mean, look, as well, you've got to remember, you know, you've now played every team in the league once and you're coming up from the championship. Don't forget, Scobie got relegated two seasons ago. So you're coming up as this new team that no one quite knew how they played and maybe underestimated, definitely underestimated. So teams have now, are now showing you a lot more respect and In that way, the team has to develop as well. Um, but I'm sure you'll be fine at home on Saturday with a sash playing out over the tannoy before the game.
1: I'm sure. Look, <laughs> we've got a really good November, in my opinion. I think it's, it's a get right month for us. We've got Dundee United at home, we've got Motherwell, we've got St. Mirren. I think Dundee United are, and we're about to talk about them, are a good side, but they're beatable. And I think Motherwell and St. Mirren, we've got to fancy ourselves in those games too. So, yeah. I think. We've got an interesting December coming up. We're going to play both the old firm sides for um, yourselves again, so it's going to be a really interesting month, December. So we will um, see where we get to. Sorry, no, we've got heads, not not obvious. Um, but yeah, November is a get-right month for Hearts for sure. Dundee United talking, up built on their run of uh, built their run of recent weeks on a solid backline and Edward and Mulgrew have delivered um, fairly handsome points totals in that time. Um, So their loss at St. Johnston followed two games with clean sheets, which meant for the first time this season, they've not had a clean sheet in three games. Interesting stat for you there.
0: The bubble has burst.
1: It has the Dan McCourt bubble burst.
0: Uh, which call. is an
1: impressive thing to say that, you know, throughout the season, they've, they've consistently delivered huge, yeah. tight defense. But the last three games, it's all got a little bit loose. They've got some victories out of that, but where's it gone? So, aside from the aforementioned uh, defenders, there's not many other players standing up for Fancy football Scotland selection in that Thunder United side. And I even tried Nicky Clark for a few weeks for my mm-hmm. sins. Is there, well, can is I? There anyone, John?
0: Let me change your mind, Scobie, because that's what I'm here to do, is to enlighten you a little bit more. And it's to a Finnish player. He is not finished yet, Scobie. And that's Ilmari Niskanen. Uh 3.8 million midfielder, but playing in that front three United. I think actually he was on the bench against Johnston, quite controversially, uh, been playing really well. Uh, he's 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 managed to amass thirty points so far this season. So I think he's maybe won you know a couple of assists in his last five games, uh, three assists in his last sort of five six games. He also got a goal against County, um, and we like you know players that aren't just from the British Isles in the sense, do we not, Scobie? Uh One point four percent ownership. So maybe that's a that's a wee curveball you can chuck in there.
1: Very nice. I like that. Dundee United are actually the only other side. Um, who've got four fixtures lined up in November as well. So we're talking about Motherwell before. Dundee United have got ourselves, as so say hearts, they've got Aberdeen, and then they've got Ross County and Motherwell. So Dundee United's got four fixtures for that reason, that reason alone, the way that they're playing at the moment, of course. Let's not take anything away from it. They're third in the league. I would be thinking about maybe having some Dundee United assets there, even to rotate in from your bench. So I've been looking at the likes of Edwards and Mulgrave, who said. John, you've made a very good case there. Um, you know, for your man, and also is there maybe some some value in someone like Harks as well, who's kind of consistently delivered points? I think Dundee United players, uh, Benji Seagrace, Pod Legend. I'm going to also be bringing him in. I believe this week.
0: Yeah, I think Harks is the boring show. Go on, Neskinen.
1: So we're all Harks, but everyone else, will. All right. I know. Well, look, there's a wealth of talent in midfield as well. So if you're if you're occupying a I'll place with someone like Harks. Maybe that's not the right way. So, which actually brings us very nicely on, John, to the top two. And to be honest, I'm not going to talk too much about the old farm. They have um, no. regained their place at the top of the league after a fun couple of months depriving them of it. First and second, respectively, um, and expectedly at this stage of the season. But they're not being playing their first... best football and I'm sure their fans would be first to admit that. So we'll start with Celtic and the draw with Livingston the weekend there ended their run of four wins in the league but in that time and had four leagues. Jota, Kyoto, Turnbull, Ralston, Juranovic were the picks of the bunch during that spell and I believe are the five Celtic players that you've got to be considering any wild card or any transferring mm. you might be looking to do?
0: You know you can only have three Celtic players. I right? do
1: realise that. So <laughs> I to you, John, I need a little question for you. Out of those five or out of the whole Celtic squad, who do you think are the must-haves? Must-have. Do you
0: know what, Scooby? On this pod, we actually got this right at the start of the season, and we said Turnbull was the man to go for. Yeah, and he's a top scorer in the game. Uh, For my sins, I actually don't have him. I've got Kyogo and Jota in midfield. I'd be tempted to, yeah, stick with Turnbull and go one Kyogo and Jota. And then, you know, Ralston, I think, has played every minute of the league campaign so far. Uh, It's quite rightly been rewarded with a new three-year deal that he said was inspired by his daughter that was born earlier this year. So that's a nice heartwarming story. Though Steve Clark obviously didn't think so by not giving him the (laughs) call-up.
1: By calling up Greg Taylor. <laughs> no, at least not. Um, Kyogo, Turnbull, and Ralston are statistically the top three in terms of ownership mm-hmm. in the game um, from a Celtic point of view, interestingly. I do, the- think, um, I do think Jota is an interesting one. I know his value kind of tips him mm-hmm. over, but um, you know he, he's been consistent in the last mm-hmm. few weeks. He's got like mad stats about being like top touches in the
0: in the opposition box this season and that despite obviously playing less games because he joined later i get the feeling and this might just be utter shite so probably get called out by celtic fans but Kyogo seems to save his best performances for thursday nights in europa league mm. um so when it comes to uh, league duties maybe he isn't quite as sharp or um at, quite at his best um, might be another example tonight. I'm pretty sure he scored for them tonight.
1: Yeah, so, he did them as well. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I just wonder if he's just a bit burst. Um naturally yeah, yeah. you'd rather play in the, you know, Europa um whatever conference or tin pot it is now than you know go to the spaghetti hat and get roughed up by Martindale's boys.
1: Yeah, no, look, it's a it's a big rotation now as well, but it's also meant, it's sort of meant the demise of um, Lilabada, who, who who was an absolute darling of this Paul mm. for so long, and and he in his last um, three, I think it's four weeks now, is, is has actually not started and has played maybe twenty minutes and brought home a single point. A lot of people have kept him around even though he's he's not doing anything. So I think you've got to you've got you've got to get off that sinking ship, ASAP. His um, value's plummeting as well. Uh, sure and Dranovic looks like he's going to be taking penalties as well, so he he's definitely one to consider too bit more expensive in defence, but he is a good shout over the likes of um, Carter Vickers. Um, So, yes, Celtic, lots of options there. And then we'll finish our little roundup of the league with Rangers, obviously. Two draws in the last five, but they did pump Motherwell 6-1, as we said, for their biggest victory of the season by some margin. Fashion Sakala with the hat trick. Mm. But really... Is anyone catching your eye, Rangers, or are the price tags and the rotations continuing to drive people away?
0: Well, I know, I know it's a boring headline, but, you know, we did doubt Tav. We had been doubting Tav, but he's now in at the second top point score in the game. 76 yeah. points, you know. He took a, He took the penalty when Roof was off the pitch um, um, at Aberdeen. However unfair that that decision was, and uh, he's he's got assists. He scored a really good goal at fur Park. So I think Tav, even despite his mad value, I think because of his ownership level, I think he's justified in 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 basically every team. And then yeah, you're looking for other value. I mean, Sakala is quite an exciting one, actually, isn't he? Um, if you know that hat trick um, at fur Park will hopefully give him loads of confidence uh, going into going into any other games in the cinch. The only thing that worries me there is that Ryan Kent is due back from injury and he's sort of playing the same position. Uh, so it might lead to him being rotation risk. But I mean, if Sakala can you know, bag quite a few there, 5.4 million, he's probably the most reasonably, reasonably priced Rangers player in the game.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, what's interesting is only two rangers players in the top 20 in terms of ownership that remains the same i think we had this conversation when we had uh we had gregor on a few weeks ago it's it's Tav and and just at 20th it's, it's mcgregor so it just goes to show people are not investing in rangers assets there's only six rangers players in the top 50 in terms of ownership as well so I do think that the values, unfortunately, in the rotation are just not helping. Um, no. I, you were asking me, um, you know, could I see a point this season where I, I could have, um, you know, find myself wanting three Rangers assets in my, in my lineup. And I, and I, and I genuinely can't see that at this point. Aye. Um, and, it, and, it, and also it just comes down to the fact they're just not playing their best football. You know, there's no point in investing them defensively because they're not going to get clean sheets no one's standing out as now a goal scorer I think Sakala coming off the bench most games although he got the hat trick you know you just can't you can't trust that Um, but you know they've got a good run they've got Ross County they've got Hibbs they've got Livingston this month so a nice run for Rangers and there might be some more goals in the pipeline if you did want to make the big money move for someone like Morelos but anyway I think that wraps us up for the league roundup and for part two
0: hello welcome back to part three i hope you are still with us and have not switched off after our 12 team run through of the cinch bottom to top scoby i like looking at you bottom to top tell me how your wild card is looking
1: <laughs> well i mean hopefully people and this isn't just a plug for our for our twitter and um, page but hopefully people have been following um i've been posting different drafts of my, um, of my wild card this week, some of which, John, have been met with ridicule. Uh, you know
0: what? We on Twitter, and I'm shocked at this, we have never been trolled or yet, yet yeah, to be trolled I know, badly. Exactly. I feel like this week is the closest thing we have been to getting trolled, and it's because of your shitty wild card drafts.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was getting the people talking, John. Where have I landed? I think I've landed with something that's, that's more palatable. Um, although some people did think did seem to not understand the bench um, trick, oh,
0: they never do. It gets them so fired up.
1: We had a few Dundee United fans telling me that Robson wasn't playing, and I, I'm aware of that. And that's the point <laughs> that he's in my team. But thanks for that. Um, so where am I now? Well, I've got Jack Anik and I've got Matt Macy in goals. Matt Macy's obviously not got a game, but he's dropped in value at the moment. He's down to about. Um 2.7 million, and I think we're obviously gonna see a double game week coming from oh, yeah. those two in there. I'm keeping tab. I've gone Kingsley from a heart's defense point of view, and I've kept Ralston. I've also mm-hmm. brought in Bevis Mugabe and I've kept Ryan Edwards. Mm-hmm. So a bit of a mix there. Mugabe I like because the fact that Motherwell have got four games this week. So Aye. this month. So we can swap him in where we need to, and he can fill a hole.
0: And Kingsley, they're thinking behind that, free kick merchant, you know.
1: Free kick merchant, and I don't see an awful lot more value in any of the other Hearts defenders, I right. do he, like Hearts has run this month. Um, and then we've talked about the rest, I'm sure, plenty for us understand. Mm. I've got Turnbull, which you have got down Turnbull, and I've got Jota at the moment. Now, right. I was looking at one point for having um, Boyle, but what Jota allows you to do is to, is to basically sort of sub in Boyle, because Aye. the value there is a straight one-on-one without needing to take a, a hit. So Jota's in at the moment. If we see a double game meet coming for um, Hibs, which might involve Ross County and Livingston, then be an interesting shout to maybe move to him um, and even captain him if, if, if it comes to it. I've got Connor Ronan as well, and I've got Ross Callahan. I've brought in too, um, just because I, I quite want to have Callahan in that four million pound bracket. And as I said, I've got Robson from the trick. And then up front, quickly to run through that, I've got Eamon Brophy, I've got Tony Watt, and I've got Christian Ramirez. I think at the moment, that's your most interesting strike force. Uh, Ramirez, we think, will be back to play this Hi. weekend. He's got to Ramirez get... will be back.
0: be back. He'll be back. He was flagged last week as well. I th- Ramirez will start, unless he's like second. I
1: think the Motherwell-Aberdeen game could be a really entertaining one. I'm going to go ahead. My big bold prediction is a 3-2. I don't know which way it goes, but I think there'll be five goals in that game and um, just because the way both teams are playing at the back at the moment i think there will be goals i uh, uh, like
0: that wild card scoby i'm glad the the twitter sphere have rinsed you silly because i think you've actually landed on something that's half decent now
1: it's finally got me into a good position thank you for everyone's contributions um much appreciated quality so, well, we round off the looking at the leech quickly before we finish the ep off john
0: Oh, we can look at the league table if you want, Scobie. The
1: fantasy football league. So Dortmund 5-0, Daniel Galan, who had uh, been a previous league leader, is, is once again um, leading the league. 770 points, mad total, isn't Great haul from him. I think he's pretty high up as well in the Master, in the Mega League um, stuff. And then we've got, and it's an amusing name, TCTA with an orange heart, Tam Court's Tangerine Army. I'm sure that stands for Dylan Scott, top scorer this week with 78 points. Um, Tam... Send you covered.
0: a sticker. That uh, reminds me, actually. I promised someone a sticker and I haven't sent them it.
1: <laughs> he had uh, Tav and Sakala, so fair play, who yeah. that combo brought um, a heck of a lot of the points for him this week. So yeah, good good, good haul for you, Dylan. Um, and yes, um, Tam Court will be pretty, I'm sure.
0: All right, Nick Sellers, I promised you a sticker and I've not sent it so it's in the post, it will be coming I'm sorry
1: Well that, that, that rounds us off John um, I just the last, final thing I want to say to you is um, please do show um, pod legend James Kettlewell Jimmy Ketz a good time um, on his um, related stag do this weekend in Cardiff
0: Oh aye, we, are, we will be yeah, doing Huddersfield away in the Cardiff City Stadium. That is, of course, the true um, sporting spectacle in Cardiff this weekend, not Wales versus South Africa.
1: (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Yeah, enjoy it. Um, Big love to Jimmy Cats as well. I'll be back on the pod um, at some point when we get desperate this season, I'm sure. Um, All right. Well, it's been a wonderful episode. What a lot of stuff to talk about. And um, we'll be back, not next week, we've got an international week, but the week after that.
0: I will. Thanks so much for listening listeners. If you've got this far, go on just ping it on to one of your mates that you know it doesn't listen to the pod, see if they like it I dare you
1: <laughs> All the very best troops